Welcome to Audio Gyan with Kedar Nimkar, a podcast that documents insightful conversations with Indian designers, artists, musicians, writers, thinkers, and creatives of all types. Catch us on iTunes or visit audiogyan.com for more Gyan sessions. Here's your host, Kedar Nimkar. Today, I have Sunil Chanbag with us on Audio Gyan. Sunil is an Indian theatre director, screenwriter, and a documentary filmmaker. He worked as an actor, designer, assistant director with Satyadev Dubey from 1974 to 1984 on about 25 productions. In 1985, he, along with a group of friends, became one of the founding members and artistic director of Aparna, a repertory company. This theatre company has been working consistently since its inception, doing an average of about 50 performances a year. Its work is characterized by contemporary and original texts by Indian and international playwrights. Strong performances, minimalistic staging, and innovative use of music and design. I'm so honored and privileged to have Sunil Shanbag with us on Audio Gyan. Thank you, sir, for giving us your time and welcome to the show, Audio Gyan. Yeah, thank you, thank you for having me in this whole new world of podcasts I, i must tell you that this is something new for me so thank you for introducing me to this medium oh thank you it's my pleasure so yeah we'll be uh, trying to understand the thought behind plays that voice their descent uh, so yeah i have i've taken out some five questions and uh, hopefully to get some answers sure, from that sure sure let's yeah. start yeah. yeah so how do you define uh, descent in these times i mean uh, why do plays from the times like the greeks or the bhasa uh, attract number of these dissenters well <laughs> well i think i think we need to just talk about the idea of dissent as an abstraction first hmm. okay so so you know what is dissent in fact it is it is it is a thought that kind of runs counter to perhaps mainstream thought uh, so you know when you have dissenters it's usually people who perhaps don't agree with the way you know society is pushing as a whole in a particular direction or there is a dominant ideology a dominant you know way of thinking mm-hmm. uh, so dissenters tend to provide an alternative view and that's really i imagine that in human civilization dissent has always existed uh, in human civilization dissent is absolutely necessary for society to move forward uh, dissent is critical for the health of civil society mm-hmm. and so whether it's the greek period or whether it's contemporary times uh, the presence of dissent must be welcome it's an uncomfortable presence undoubtedly i mean let's not you know let's not beat around the bush mm-hmm. dissent is not easy to deal with it's an uncomfortable presence but it's a necessary presence and i think it really shows the maturity of society when it can deal with dissent in a constructive and positive way okay okay so uh, like you have directed plays like uh, plays by vijay tendulkar and mahesh elkunchwar uh, uh, or ramu ramanathan also so what could be the reasons that these playwright try to voice controversial issues well i think i don't think they i don't think anybody sets out to say come on let me write a controversial play i think i think i think the playwrights that you've talked about and then of course in contemporary writing there are many others hmm. uh i think it's the way they look at the world um is the way they look at society at large uh these are people who see things differently who perhaps are able to spot 
you know, issues in society that need further examination, issues of perhaps of injustice, uh, of inequality, of contradictions, whatever it might be, whether in the social sphere or the political sphere. Uh, and they feel the urge to actually write about it, to express, provide us some kind of an insight. Uh, sometimes when these, sometimes when it's a hard-hitting mm. uh, expression, uh, sometimes when it shakes up society, it perhaps becomes controversial in that sense. Uh, so I, I think I think that's really at the root of it. It's the way you look at society and how you want to present it. Mm -hmm. But what what goes in the minds of these directors or uh, so the, these playwrights when they are doing like is it very critical observation or is it something within themselves they, which they want to pr uh, uh, express? I, perhaps it's a combination of both. I mean, you know, I think it's a combination of both. I think I think you over time you develop a way of looking at society. Uh, you are able to see contradictions. You are able to, you know, you know, create a critique uh, that sort of, sort of, you know, forces everybody to look anew. Uh, it's also a strong moral core where you believe that when something is not quite right, you need to talk about it. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a certain degree of courage involved in this. I mean, you know, you, you mentioned people like Tendulkar. I mean, for instance, his plays from the 70s um, went through a hard time you know because take a play like Gidhade or Sakaram Binder for instance these two plays mm. these are perhaps his most controversial plays you know as they're mm. called mm. Uh, they really they really took a very very different view of society and of people and the way society responds to characters who are outsiders he challenged you know social mores he challenged the hypocrisy of society and he also wrote at a time, you know, in the 70s, that there was a fair amount of turmoil. Uh, new thoughts were emerging, not just in India, but all over the world. And uh, I think Sakaram Binder came into a certain context of Marathi theatre at that time, which was slightly different. It was more conventional and it shook it up and it really shook everybody. So I think, I think, I think it's a combination of the way you see things and, and, and also having a very strong moral core that sort of pushes you to say, speak what you see as the truth interesting uh, so is experimenting with controversial topics of uh, plays have reduced in the current times uh, i mean if they are yes uh, if we uh, agree that yes they are descending then how is it affected society yeah let's not use the word controversial uh, to mm. describe these plays because you know it's not that the word itself is a problem but it tends to now have associations uh, which kind of you know uh, which kind of imply that there is some kind of you know manipulation there's some kind of you know there's a certain cynicism in that term now mm -hmm. i think i think what you perhaps are asking is that are plays that deal with issues that are you know contentious that sort of are critical mm. has that reduced yeah uh, i think i think I think overall what's happened is that um, it's very difficult to make a broad statement about, you know, expression across all forms of theatre because there are many, many theatres happening. Mm. But I would say in the bourgeois theatre, you know, which is really what one has been part of for most, uh, theatre has now also become a product of consumption 
correct mm, yeah. it's a product of consumption in the field of entertainment like cinema is a product in fact you will find a lot of people saying you know using words like content product mm. to describe what i think perhaps should be you know perhaps more in the artistic domain but these are terms that have emerged from this whole you know this whole project of globalization and the new capitalism as we see it mm. uh so in a situation like that where theater has become yet another product of consumption it's a huge challenge so on one hand you can succumb to it and you can sort of create you know convenient comfortable pieces of work which become part of an evening out mm-hmm. so you know they don't disturb the viewer mm-hmm. uh, it's possible to go and have a wonderful dinner and quite forget about what the play did to you or the play doesn't do much to you it's sort of it's part of an evening of entertainment or you can challenge this notion and try and create plays that probe that you know question that sort of in some manner disturb in some manner make the audience uncomfortable mm, give them a different way of looking at the world around them aware um, them yeah so i think i think i think you know you'll find different theater makers uh, responding differently to these challenges but yes there is a temptation and there is a i think for most actors in the bourgeois theater world that one belongs to at most it is really a uh, place that are not terribly sharp and not terribly edgy and don't push the boundaries of thought or aesthetics too much you know mm-hmm. it remains in the comfort zone uh, but again as i said there are many kinds of theater and all kinds of theater exist mm-hmm. so that's how it is yeah yeah but has it affected the society in a certain way i will i'll give you a context because this has been a very a uh, dear question to me which i've been asking to most of the uh, speakers uh, in audio gan is that that art is it art that affects society or that is it society which is uh, borrowing certain things from art or and vice versa so uh, in this case has it impacted society because of reduction or i think so i think so you know i i think it's a two way process you know art borrows from society or sort of represents society or you know emerges from what is happening around us mm. and the society hopefully also is impacted by art to mm. some extent you know mm. so it's a two way process i i think so i think i think the i think there is a much much greater need for critique uh, i think i think a certain sense of complacency a certain sense of remaining in the comfort zone mm. has crept in yeah. uh again you know if you look at what is happening in 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 mumbai for instance mm. i won't really get into too much detail about other cities because i'm not you know in a position to comment uh, knowledgeably about uh, that mm. but in mumbai you see for most theater tends to be comfortable tends to be sort of you know dealing with fairly conventional uh, you know ideas uh, doesn't push hard enough but on the other hand you have to also understand that we live in a very very anti intellectual atmosphere <laughs> i think in the 70s people were far more open to new ideas and far more tolerant of new ideas and new ways of looking uh, it's much less so now there is a there is a huge project of homogenizing indian society mm-hmm. uh, where you know diversity is only paid lip service to actually you're trying to homogenize everything uh, there is a huge project of denial of diversity so in a situation like this it's not it's not you know surprising mm. uh, that a lot of people prefer to stay within the safe comfort zone 
Having said that, I think I think for the future of the country and for the arts itself, uh, we definitely need much more uh, questioning kind of theatre. Mm. Much more, yeah. yeah. And it'll happen. I think the phase will come. You know, mm. the harder the times get, the 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 more chances of art responding are there. So. Yeah. Let's hope things happen. Yeah, yeah, and more rebel coming out of the society. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, yeah. you know, it will emerge. I mean, it has already started, so you know, hopefully, things will. People will respond. Mm. But I must say that we are slower to responding than we should be. I think we should be responding much more quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's one uh, like small quote, uh, not quote, but like an incident where Puladesh Pandey mentions that Anishta Goshti Thamvaila. Ishta Goshti changlya paddhati ni kelya paaje. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so it, yeah. It, But how is like a big challenge yeah, with yeah. these times? Uh, cool. So you are collaborating with uh, young minds as well uh, at your theater space Tamasha. Uh, like, can you tell us what's the role of such space uh, in the society? Uh, so about uh, three years ago, three and a half, four years ago, we we formed a new theater company uh, apart from Arpana, which is the older company uh, called Tamasha Theater. Uh, the idea of Tamasha Theatre was really, there were two or three ideas that drove it. One was, you know, to to try and work on a different kind of theatre work itself, uh, in the sense that over the years, my productions tend to have become bigger and, you know, this the stakes are much higher. You know, they got more expensive, they got bigger productions. The way we make theatre and the way theatre is actually presented in the city, it's very hard to respond spontaneously. You know, you book dates eight months in advance at a theater before you can actually get a date. Uh, you know, so it's there's not much space for spontaneous response. So we were looking for spaces that allowed you to concentrate on an idea rather than on spectacle, uh, which allowed you to respond much more spontaneously uh, where the stakes were lower so that you were willing to take bigger risks, both artistic and financial. And also a space where it was much more accessible for younger people to enter. Okay. Uh, we are faced with a peculiar situation in, in the theatre in, in, in the city that, you know, you have so many hundreds of, you know, shows happening every month. Uh, but the pool of actors has not grown correspondingly. And the contradiction is that it isn't that there aren't young people who are dying to be actors. It's just that we don't have a system for actors to enter. So there's an interesting irony in, in Mumbai, for instance. I mean, on one hand... We have someone, it's a, it's a kind of a, you know unofficial uh, figure, but something like 1,500 performances a month in the city, right, in six different languages. And yet, if you just look at, say, one small part of the theatre work, which is, say, theatre that happens at Prithvi and NCPA, for instance, in yeah. Hindi and English, the pool of actors is not really uh, big enough to actually support this kind of theatre activity. Mm-hmm. So that's on one hand. And so you find the same actors in, you know, three, four, five, six productions uh, and never having dates for any production. Uh, On the other hand, there's a whole lot of young people who want to become actors and who are waiting to become actors. And they have no way to train. They have no way to enter a theatre company. It's all very informal and, you know, hit and miss. Uh, So Tamasha Theatre was also one of the reasons we formed it was to make it kind of really give younger actors open access mm-hmm. uh, so that they know that they are, here is a space that one can go and audition and one can be in a slightly more democratic fashion, uh, be selected to be part of a play or to be part of a workshop, etc. So that was the other idea. Um, so for the first three years, we worked in many, many different small spaces trying to you know develop 
non traditional performance spaces so you know in 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 a bar in a library in art galleries uh, once even in a fitness center on the aerobics floor <laughs> on saturday and sunday we would actually create a theater space there and perform mm-hmm. so this went on for about 3 years we did a lot of that in in mumbai and also in other cities we went and performed in delhi and in chennai and in bangalore in small spaces like this mm-hmm. but we found that at the end of the day we were always at the mercy of the space owners so you know even though we had a guarantee that you know we if we enter your space then you have to allow us to perform regularly for the next 6 months uh, but after 6 months we'd find that they perhaps didn't want to they had other you know they had, they had other commitments other priorities yeah. i want to put more treadmill machines <laughs> i want another brewing vat you know in whether it was a bar so we said no we need to find a space of our own we need to you know be able to control the space to some extent and so we actually went ahead and hired a bungalow in aramnagar in varsova and we created studio tamasha about 10 months ago mm-hmm. so it's still very young and very new and it runs like an art center so here is a space which is a small intimate space where we can have a very different engagement with the audience mm-hmm. because it's you know not more than 45 50 people come in there so it's a very one to one space there is space for us to meet the audience prior and after the show uh it's a space where we can do a very different kind of theater where which you wouldn't it may not be possible to do in a more formal space mm-hmm. so the audiences that come to studio tamasha know that they're going to see something different they don't expect to see a prithvi type play for instance mm-hmm. there or a play that could be performed in a regular thing mm-hmm. so half the battle is already won that the audience is more or less mentally prepared mm-hmm. uh but more important it was also important for us to demonstrate that theater is not just about performing a play theater is also about other things it's also about listening to literature it's also about reading about the history of theater it's also listening to academics who have done research in cultural areas and we want to listen to what are the findings what are the outcomes of the research it's also listening to music it's about uh, exploring the history of contemporary dance theater being a composite art really a full uh, an active theater person i believe has to be interested in all these things yeah, yeah. and studio tamasha allows us to do this mm-hmm. so that's really it runs like an art center really you know mm-hmm. and it's been a very exciting 10 months so far yeah. i'm yeah. sure there must be lot of new facets which will be opening up uh, not just very narrow perspective of theater in general also absolutely yeah cool uh, sir i would like to conclude with one last question like uh, how do you select a play to direct i mean uh, like what was the process uh, was the process different in the 70s and the 80s um, when you were working with uh, dubey sir or uh, as compared to now like what's the process like and uh, like how do you see how can one pick a direction also from uh, from you being as a thought leader well i think there are two very two very clear phases uh, in my own work uh, i would say that from you, you know you mentioned that arpana was set up in 1985 hmm. so from 1985 to i would say about 2005 or 2004 hmm. we were we were actually looking at ready scripts right hmm. so we chose scripts written play scripts written by senior writers like vijay tendulkar and also at that time people who were much younger and much newer writers like shafat khan or rajiv naik 
and 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 many of these plays were original marathi plays that we did in translation in hindi okay mm-hmm. because at that time hindi was the link language mm-hmm. so a crossover audience came to watch a hindi play mm-hmm. if you did it in marathi you would kind of get only a marathi audience but hindi was the link language mm-hmm. so originally it was new writing that excited us which was very contemporary and uh, that that's the kind of work that one was picking up mm-hmm. at that time uh, but when i did cotton 56 polyester 84 which was you know which ramu ramanathan had uh, written mm. it's really the story of the mill workers of yeah. of mumbai yeah. uh that was really a turning point for me because i realized that it was possible to do a different kind of theater at least the process of theater making could be different um a process that involves months of preparation of uh, of research of study and 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 you know thinking before actually going on to the floor um and the script really comes out of this long process so cotton 56 polyester 84 technically was a ready script that ramu had worked on and then i but because there was a process of translation into hindi uh, there was a process of building up the play from scratch uh, it required that kind of work hmm. uh, that kind of process began to seem attractive to me so after that when i did sex morality and censorship really i started with an idea mm-hmm. i wanted to do a play about censorship and i thought well if you're doing a play about censorship we should place it in the theater because you know that's the world that we inhabit mm-hmm. and then if you talk about censorship in theater in maharashtra then sakaram binder is the first play that jumps out at you yeah. not just because it was an important play at that time but also it's one of those plays that interesting has been very well documented mm-hmm. you know uh, there are records available about, uh, about the whole controversy uh, in fact uh, uh, kamlakar sarang who directed the play maintained a daily diary mm-hmm. uh, which later was published as binder che divas mm-hmm. so you have almost a day to day account of what he went through in that period when the play was under attack both by the censor board and by civil society wow. so at this point uh, the idea came and then i contacted shanta gokhle who was a senior writer and iravati karnik who was a much younger writer and we worked on the play for almost 7 to 8 months of hard research and built it up from scratch and they 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 made huge contributions as writers and researchers to the form of the play mm-hmm. so the idea that i began what was a very simple idea but they added so many layers to it and i began to really enjoy that process that mm-hmm. you know where you work with writers you you spend time you know take months of research you create a play so that became the interesting process for me okay. that you don't take a ready made play you come up with an idea and then you find the people who can make that idea come alive mm-hmm. and that's really what i have been more or less following uh since uh, cotton 56 polyester 84 mm-hmm. yeah we don't start with the script we start with an idea and then a script emerges out of that idea and then we go into rehearsal and then a play emerges wow that's very nice cool i think uh, i'm done with uh, my questions uh, i i'm sure there's lot more to chat about and uh, like for the listeners i would say that there are lot of uh, uh youtube videos also about uh, for with sunil chanbag which you can definitely check out so thank you sir for giving us your time it was real honor talking to you uh, i mean just given the time constraint and my research uh, i i'm sure like i'll like most welcome together it was a pleasure thank you so much thank you and that's it from today's gyan session catch us on itunes savan stitcher or any podcasting app you use 
do rate us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Stay tuned for more gyan on audiogyan.com. Till then, bye.